That was great. That was uh, good. Thank you, Stephen, for leading. Uh, thank you to this church and this body for, for lifting your voice to God and for lifting me. <clears throat> um, I am in year 43 that I've been a part of this church, and it has always been a good church. Not like uh, anything really new. We've been up and down and all around but you've always been a good group of people. And to me, you've always been good and been an encouragement to me. And so today, I want to try to say some things that, as Stephen says, call us higher, as he led in the song. Not just for you, but for me, for us as a church, as the body of Jesus Christ. So before we start, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come to you today as we've lifted our voices and we believe uh, that you are the great and mighty God, the only true and living God, and we believe that Jesus was your Son sent to this earth who walked as a man died on a cross, shed his blood, so that we again could be in relationship with you, that we could be your children, as you've always wanted us to be. Father, we confess to you that we have failed in our walk with you at times, and we have not looked like your son Jesus. Father, we ask you to forgive us to lift us up. And Father, today we pray that you would work among us as we know you are present. That in the weak and feeble way in which I try to present your word and your will and your teachings, Father, I pray that you would use that in some way to move us all closer to you. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So I love the story of the Israelites, particularly from their exit in Egypt. Uh, And it is there that we really see them as a group and as the people of God. And they were delivered from the bondage in Egypt by God after the ten plagues they, they left. And they marched out with God leading them as the people of God headed to the promised land. So I like this story because we can see it in the physical form. But for us, it's very similar. We're still the people of God. And we're still on a journey. And when... And, and we too have been delivered from the bondage of sin. And as the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and moved into the wilderness, they came to the region of Sinai. And it's only been about three months. And they come to Sinai and God tells Moses, consecrate the people. That means set them apart from me. Have them wash and come before the mountain. 
God is going to speak to them. God is going to give them His law or His teachings. And in Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, God says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my own possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He says he wants them to be a people of his own possession. He wants us to be his. And amazingly enough, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, Peter says the exact same words to us today. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. Because God's people have always been God's people, and He wants the same thing for us today that He wanted for them. And so He says in Exodus 24, Moses says, and, uh, and then he took the book of the covenant and he read it in the hearing of the people and they said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient. And to that God says, oh that they should have a mind as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and their children forever. There's a loathing in God's voice, oh, that they would always remember this. But they, like us, did not always remember it. And it wasn't that God wanted us to keep a bunch of rules, nor the Israelites. Never. And sometimes we say it, never was the law given to the Israelites as just a legalistic rule-keeping law from God. It was always meant to be the heart of God for them to know Him, to be His own people, and to walk with Him. And He wanted them to keep those because things would go better for them and their children for the rest of their life. And he says the same thing today. When we worry, when they're worrying in Jesus' day, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? Translated today, you know, we have to take care of things. We have to work and we have to take care of our family. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's not much different than do these things I tell you so that things will go good for you. You know, I always wanted good things for my children. I, I didn't want them to get hurt. I didn't want them to get run over in the street. And I, I wanted good things for them. And it is no different with God. He wants that for us. But the Israelites became disobedient. They lost their faith. They lost their trust in God. And they would go up and down. And so eventually... They wound up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because 10 times God told them, I will be your God and you will be my people. 
And they just wouldn't believe him. And I'll show you. And he showed them ten times. So he says to them, you're going to wander in the wilderness. And they do. And eventually, however, they come to the promised land. Moses has died. And Joshua is going to lead them in. And even after they go into the promised land, Joshua reiterates the same things that Moses did. We're going to go into the land and we're going to do all that God has told us to do. He's given us this land. And so they go in, but even after they conquer it, they go up and down. They forget God. Things go good and they forget Him. And then after 40 year, after the 40 years of wandering and they enter into that, they eventually live out into the promised land and God warns them through the prophets over and over to return to Him. But they just refuse to do it. And eventually, God sends the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity by the Assyrians. And they really never returned as the people of God. Some did, but not as a group. Because the, the kingdom of Israel never had a godly king. The southern kingdom of Judah had five good kings, and, had, and so God had spared them from being taken into captivity. But finally they refused to listen to the prophets, and they were taken into captivity for 70 years. And then the king, Cyrus, makes a decree. Not because he believed in God so much, but he wanted to please all the gods, and he knew the Israelites were supposed to be in Jerusalem at the temple, at the presence of their God, and they wanted their blessings, sort of. So he makes a decree to send them back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And that occurred in more than one wave, but they moved back and they began to build the temple. But guess what? Things started getting better. They're rebuilding the temple for God to dwell in. And they got distracted by their neighbors, some from pressure, some from them becoming like their neighbors and kind of forgetting God. And so... Uh, there is one statement where they got busy building their own houses and they just quit building the temple. They just forgot about it. Too busy building their houses. And I think very often today we get caught up in what, you know, what will we eat and what will we drink and, and you know, we, we've got to uh, build our houses and we've got to take care of business and we've got to go to work. And we just forget God. We get distracted. I do. I'm telling you, I get busy and there will be times that I just don't give a lot of thought to God in a daily walk like I should. And so I have to be reminded. And as the leaders of this church, there are some things that we're going to ask you, just like Moses did, just like Joshua did as a leader. It's never been different. We're going to ask you to commit to some things. 
The list is not near exhaustive, and the list is not just to you. The list is to me. The list is not for you to apply to someone else. It is for you to apply to your life. It is for you to answer. And so, I want us to to do a few things. I want us to go over this. Because I think God has always, always wanted us to hear His voice and do His will. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He also said, if you don't love me more than father, mother, brother, sister, and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. I picked that because that's about the hardest thing I can think of to do. To deny yourself and to love someone more than you love your family and to follow them. But that's what a disciple is. And as a church, we want to be disciples. And we don't want to get caught getting tied up in our own business and with the rest of the world that we forget to build the temple of God, which, by the way, now is His church. We don't want to forget that. So here's what we would like. Number one, we would like for all of us to spend time individually with God. We want you to pray, to read Scripture, to meditate upon it. That's why in the first part of our vision, it says to connect with God. Because just to be distant from God and not connected, you can do church, but you can't be a disciple. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We've got to take time. We've got to take time. We've got to delight in the law of the Lord. We, number two, as we connect with God, we've got to speak of God to others. That doesn't mean you have to confront somebody and try to nail them to the wall to make them do something that God wants them to do. It means that we tell of all the things of God, we speak of it in our normal conversation. It would be great if we could be like Peter and John after they were arrested for speaking about Jesus. And then they decided to release them, but they said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to let you go, but don't you say another word about Jesus. And they just looked at him and said, well, 
You can decide whether it's right or not, but as for us, we can't help but speak what we've seen and heard. Wouldn't it be great if we just couldn't help but speak about Jesus instead of trying to guilt ourselves and, well, I need to say something about Jesus. Couldn't it be great if we could just declare how wonderful life in Jesus is? That being God's own people is just a wonderful life. And the world is not ours. The kingdom of God is ours. So speak of God. We also expect all of us to be doers and not just hearers. It's easy to talk about Scripture and it's easy to talk about what everybody else doesn't do and about what's right and about what we do. But it's a different thing to be a doer when the Israelites realized what God was saying to them, they made an agreement. We will do all that you have said. And that's what we need to do. We need, if the scripture does not change the way you live, then it's doing you no good. If you go to work and you look just like everybody else that works with you, then the scripture has not transformed your life. So be a doer. I want to read because James says in chapter 1 verse 22, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Isn't that interesting? Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If you are just taking it in and saying, oh boy, that was great. Randy did a great, that was a great sermon. But you don't do anything about that sermon, you're deceiving yourself. And it's easy. I can deceive myself. I can make up all kinds of things that justify what I want to justify. So don't deceive yourself, be a doer. And, number four, we would like for you to reflect Jesus. When you go to work tomorrow, somebody ought to say, that person looks like Jesus. When you go to school, if you're young enough, there ought to be something different about you at school than the other kids who don't honor God. Wherever you go, Reflect Jesus. He says in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You ought to think different. You ought to look different. You ought to act different. Because you are operating from a renewed mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 18, we seem to get this encouragement, which is great. If we connect with God, if we meditate on those things, then in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says the Spirit of God is transforming us a little by little into the likeness of Jesus. And that's what we should do as an individual and as a church. We should look like Jesus. Number five, as a group of people, 
we would expect and want you to live and work in harmony with this body. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. So there is this image. We're to grow up. And as, this, as we search Scripture and as we are allowing the Spirit of God to transform us, we grow into the likeness of Jesus. And then in verse 16 in the last part he says, because when each part is working properly, it makes for bodily growth and builds itself in love. Everybody has got to work for the body to function. And we have to do it in harmony. We can't be pulling in opposite directions. My right hand can't go this way and my left hand this way and get much work done. And then number six. Cliff mentioned it in his earlier thing, and I had no idea what Cliff was going to do today. But it is true, God's people have always been, the modern word is community, group. They've always been church, which means assembled people. We've always been group. God wanted us as a people for his own possession. And so we are asking you to commit to being at worship on Sunday mornings at this hour when we assemble to worship God. But not only that, it is a time that we stir one another to love and good works. It is a time we encourage one another. It is a time we are reminded of the things we've been contemplating during the week. And it sets our focus. The people in the book of Hebrews were beginning to fall away from what they had once been glad to suffer persecution for. And in chapter 10, he says, I want you to consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now that doesn't mean just attend church. I think it means you need to be together at other times. You need to be together. But it certainly means when we come together as a group, as an assembled church, to worship God. And it is a time that we honor Him. And there is something that happens in group. Randy mentioned that last week, oddly enough. He just said there is just something that happens. And it does. I need group. I need you. I need you to be here for me. And I need to be here for you. And we're asking you to make that commitment. We're also asking you to make a commitment to be in Bible class. And I know many of you in here do not come to Bible class. And I'm not mad at you, and I'm not just saying you've got to come to Bible class or you miss. We need to come to Bible class because that is going to be our focus to study the Scripture. And we want to do that. And the reason we want to do that is not just because you have to come to Bible school. It is so we know the will of God and we know God Himself. And if we can do that, then we can grow more into the likeness. 
And I'm going to say this, and this is when Randy would say, can I be honest for a minute? I know we are busy. I'm busy and you're busy and sometimes I'm too busy and sometimes you're too busy. Most of the time we're too busy. But here's what I want to say. You commit to your job and you rarely ever miss it. And it starts usually for most of you at 8 in the morning. You make sure your children go to school every day and it usually starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. We commit to sports events. Our kids can't miss practice. We commit to our own entertainment. But somehow, some way, we think that spiritual formation can just happen without any commitment. So for your sake, for our sake, We're asking you to make that commitment. I also didn't know, as I said, I didn't know. Cliff made a statement. He said they're gone a lot, and they are. Most of us are busy people. But he said, we've decided to make a commitment to be back in Time for Life group. We've got to make a choice, and we've got to make a commitment. And you can get up an hour earlier, or whatever it takes. But we don't start till 9. So I hope you hear that in in the way that I mean it. God says in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. This world is dark. And if we're going to walk through it, we don't need to be doing it in the dark and stumbling over all this wickedness that lives among us. We need the word to light our path, and to show us where to go. We want you to be here. We need you to be here. Third, we are asking you, as Cliff did this morning, to be in a life group. And the plan with that life group is Randy is going to teach the Word on Sunday morning. And that evening or lunch or whenever the different ones will meet, you will then decide and be helped by this group to decide what does that mean in my life? What am I going to do differently? What does that scripture say in my life? You're going to bring friends to that group. The world needs relationship with each other, but they really need it with God. And very often when they see that in a group of people, They can do it. And it used to be that way in church. When I grew up, the same people were there. People didn't move back and forth. But we're faster paced. People move in and out. I bet there's not 20 people in this room today that were here when I came. You're all new. And by the way, I'm new to Naomi Bassett. So so it's different and it's harder. And we feel like that if you will kind of get out of your comfort zone and try to function, nobody's going to make you do something. But it is a great time to bring people. And Cliff mentioned that. So I'll move on. Every Wednesday night, we eat a meal. And we come together and we have Bible class. Sometimes that is practical application. Sometimes that is women's study. Sometimes that's men's study. 
Christ. But again, we're studying the Scripture. It's a time in the middle of the week that we would love for you to be here because you can encourage one another. And you can help yourself with, during the week because this is an encouragement and a lift and a reminder. So sort of in a, in a concluding way, we want you first and always to commit your life to God, to be a disciple of Jesus. And just like those people were consecrated, if you have been buried, baptism, and washed, you can now come to the mountain. As Stephen sang in that song, you can come up higher into the presence of God Because you are his own child. And so uh, we, we want you to do that. And finally, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, there was a warning after saying, be careful to do all these things so it will go well for you in the land. There was a warning. When you eat and are satisfied, that is, when life is good, take heed lest you forget the Lord. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him. Life is pretty good for most of us in the good old USA. We fuss, but it's pretty good. And there's a tendency to forget God. So the first thing we want is for you to commit, be committed to God <clears throat> and to His Son, Jesus. So there are some hard questions to answer. First of all, you must always answer to God. Are we too busy building our own house to build God's temple up? Do we really want to be near to God? Last week in Psalm chapter 73, Psalmist said, it's good for me to be near God. He holds me by the right hand. Sometimes we don't want to get too close because we might, have, we might be asked to do too much. Or we might, we got to be near to God. James says, if you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Are we really seeking first the kingdom or do we spend most of our time and thought and energy trying to build a kingdom in this world? Are we really seeking things above where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? Are we setting our mind on things that are above and not on things of the world? Have we really died? And is our life really hidden with God in Christ? Because if it is, then you will appear with Him in glory when He appears. So today, there are some choices. We want you to make a commitment to the things that we've asked you to commit to. Not because we just want you to be here and make a rule. We want you to do it so that things go well in your life 
and you draw nearer to God. We want to help with that. So as Joshua said, as he's about to die, and he says to the people, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. And if you won't serve Him, decide who you will. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what we're asking you to do while we stand and sing.